0: Hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiannis. Today we're going to talk about Casablanca Expose's Insidious Leftist Plot, I swear I'll make it make sense, Twitter exposed Elon and Veritas, Public School Perversion Parade, and Barnett versus Oz, Trump, and the Uniparty. And of course I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, health care freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talking to you today's first five. I, on the way home yesterday, I was remembering that I had the start of our show talked about this the movie Casablanca, my favorite movie. And I was making the point that Casablanca came out in 1943. So, in the middle of World War II, still obviously people didn't know how the war would come out. And obviously, Casablanca was the, the main point of all these people hanging out in Casablanca and in Northern Africa in Morocco trying to get away from the Nazis. And everybody there was trying to get a pass to come to America. A, some way, a, a legal way to get to America. And what I was saying about it, I think it's just really, it's just a, a marker in history to look at how Americans used to think, how we used to see America, talk about America, and how we see it now. So it's almost 80 years ago, came out in January 1943. And, and in the movie, all these people stuck in Casablanca from all over Europe, they've all made their way to try to escape Hitler's forces, and they all want to go to America and not. One person in the movie, and the writers who made it, the producers, the directors, the actors, no one apparently felt it was even necessary to describe why all the people wanted to go to America. I mean, obviously they're fleeing Hitler, but the idea of America as the the beacon of freedom, the beacon of strength, America as a country which had a land of opportunity, which had stability, stable society, freedom, the right to live in safety and freedom. That was just, everyone knew that. I mean, the reason the movie was made was to make that point, I mean, among others, that in America, everyone wanted to go there because we knew it was a great country. The whole world knew it was a great country. No country's ever been perfect, but America was, and everyone knew at that time, at the, the place you want to go for freedom, safety, security, viewed as a, among the upper echelon of all societies in the world. So that's 1943. Now we're in 2022. And you read any left-wing rag in this country, or any, listen to any left-wing politician or candidate, and you would think we are living in a country which is a hotbed a hotbed of racism and cynicism and hatred and sexism and intolerance and homophobia. I mean, all the things the left does to try to paint America as a bad country. And you ha- it's just a really good exercise to make yourself think what happened between 1943 and now? And that's the question I posed yesterday, and I realized I didn't get around to answering as directly as I'm going to do right now. The only thing that happened in America beside constant improvements for the life of everyone, constant improvements. Uh, We had the the, uh, beautiful, wonderful Civil Rights Movement. We lifted America out of segregation. We had federal laws passed that protect you if you're discriminated against in education and employment. In, In any facet of life, you have a basis to sue. At the federal level, you have the basis to sue someone who wrongs you, discriminates against you, on the state level too. We had all sorts of protections of women advance. We had the 1963 Equal Pay Act and many more acts along the way protecting women. All this happened from 1943 till now is America has been made better and better and better, more fair, more secure, more stable, more full of opportunity. That's what's really happened. But the reason in this country right now, it seems as though we are so divided and we are not actually so divided. It's one of my points I want to drive home today. We're not nearly as divided as the left-wing, anti-American agitators would like you to believe. The only thing, the overarching thing that happened, that we went from an America everyone knew and loved in 1943 to a place where the left just spins yarns all day long about the evils of America and systemic racism, institutional racism, and all the other garbage they come up with, is because we have been the victims of the ideological war by the anti-American left against the idea of America. That's why in today, in 2022, we, we seem to be so divided. And you think, well, what happened? It's not like we reinstituted slavery. I mean, we, you know, we still have the right of women to vote. We still have the right of everyone to, to pursue an education. All these opportunities and more, it's still the land of opportunity in the entire world and yet we're living in this, this just cesspool of anger and hatred, and I'm telling you, the cesspool of anger and hatred the left is trying to turn America into is entirely the product of the mission of the Marxist left, the socialist left, the collectivist left, to convince Americans not to believe in the idea of America to convince Americans that inevitably the idea of America will lead to division and hatred and, and, and horrible differences with respect to income um, equality. And, and so America itself must be destroyed. You need to understand what, what the left is trying to do to this country. They are trying to destroy the idea of America as founded. This is another term for it, the long march through the institutions. That was what the way communists described this back when they were looking at America thinking, that communists would never, ever take down America militarily, but they could, through decades and decades of, of intentional effort, take down the American belief in itself, belief the, the, the belief on the part of the American people of America's unique and extraordinary greatness. The left has been at work for decades. When I say the left, I mean Marxist, socialist, communist left. Marxist left has been at work for decades demeaning and destroying the idea of America, planting seeds of doubt, seeds of hatred. And so you get to the point where in 2022, where we have the most stable, secure, abundant, full of opportunity society in the world, you have the left riffing on and on and on and on about how bad America is. One thing the left has really focused on, and I will remind you of this other story we talked about in the show before, uh, but back in the, um, 1930s or 40s, when the communist movement was very underground in America, but they were looking uh, for ways to have communist ideology take hold and cause Americans to lose their belief in their country and, their, and their, themselves. The communists came to America and, and here they looked around, they thought, we'll never make America believe that we're going to have you know economic collapse in this beautiful, abundant country where you create your own opportunity and you build your own life. They realized they could not get to economic inequality to make their argument, so they turned to race, very consciously turned to the subject of race. There's a wonderful, wonderful story about a man named, I think it was Manning Johnson, a black American living in the 30s and 40s, who got lured into joining the Communist Party. And he got lured in because they were saying to him, isn't life unfair? This is terribly unfair. You know, America does not treat black Americans fairly. So he gets in the Communist Party, and he's a very articulate and really smart guy, and he becomes a speech speech maker for them, and got involved for like 10 years or something, and then he finally realized that, number one, the communists didn't care at all about him or the plight of black Americans. Nothing they were proposing and doing was trying to fix anything about the plight of black Americans, so he pulled out of the communist movement and wrote a book and essentially wrote the book to talk about the idea that there was no reason in the world to think that communism was a good thing at all for America. I wrote a great book. If someone can text me the name of that book, that'd be great. Manning Johnson's book. But the gist of what I'm getting at is I didn't finish that point yesterday. I really wanted to make clear what I'm saying. We have been the recipients, we the American people the recipients, the victims of an intentional ideological takedown of America by communist, Marxist, socialists in this country for decades. They are intentionally creating the agitation and fear that is permeating our society. So you hear uh, nearly every university, all sorts of schools have, you know, check your white privilege. They endlessly discuss white supremacism, uh, institutional racism, systemic racism. All these ideas were ideological concoctions by people who don't believe in the idea of America and very much want to fundamentally transform America, as Barack Obama did. And once you see that you're being played, you see you're being manipulated, then, then you're able to reject it, to not get sucked in by it. So, there was a quick little article, in fact, I put it up on our website, was making the point that this horrific shooting that occurred uh, this two days ago in Buffalo, and this was actually a, uh, a case which may actually amount to uh, being white supremacism. It was a, a white guy who shot uh, up a, a grocery store. Almost all the victims were black. It was like 11 of 13 of them were black. And so it was a, uh, and, and he is a white supremacist. I and mean, he had, by the way, a leftist a leftist but a white supremacist guy who put this out all over the, um, you know, his social media, uh, somehow we couldn't stop him. And the reason I wanted to mention that is this great article was pointing out that the left has stirred up this argument about white supremacy uh, just being a rampant, uh, you know, a rampant problem under every rock. America is about to fall apart because we have so many white supremacists in this country and i want to i urge you to read that article to make the to so you get the point too nothing in any criminal statistics that are gathered backs up this argument that america is filled with white supremacists america is not filled with white supremacists america is not filled with institutional racism america is not filled with systemic racism are there racists of course racists of every race people who are racist of every race, color, ethnicity, national origin, skin color. Yes, racism exists. But the lie of the left that America is filled with rampant white supremacism, just the most dangerous thing facing America today, has no basis in reality. And you may recognize, of course, that many people in left-wing government, many left-wingers in America will say, oh my gosh, yeah, the number one threat in America, white supremacy. It has no connection to reality. No connection to, to, to statistical proof. Uh, just one little uh, proof point uh, that was in this article. The article is called, Congrats to the Media for Finally Finding a White Supremacist. Because this left winger who shot up, who, who was white, who was a white supremacist, who fired into this grocery store in Buffalo and, and sadly injured and killed people, this guy, he's a, he's a, he is a white supremacist. He said so. And he's a leftist. But the real numbers on white supremacism in this country, Very, very, very few. In fact, a document published by, uh, let me try to find, the Department of Homeland Security. A document published by the Department of Homeland Security the previous year um, said that the agency looked at the years, the agency looked back at the years between 2000 and mid-2016, so that's, you know, almost 16 full years, and counted 28 total attacks in all the united states of america committed by white supremacists i mean statistically insignificant people's lives are not insignificant the victims lost it's a horrible thing but you've got to understand and start telling your friends and and just just allow this to become your focus the way you see the world the left is intentionally manipulating america into falsely believing that we have a radical problem with respect to white supremacy, and that that explains everything, and therefore justifies, of course, their endless attacks on on, uh, the American citizens. I mentioned when I started this first five, which has gotten longer than five, but I mentioned this first five. America is not deeply divided, either. It's another lie of the left. There are radical leftists who hate the idea of America, hate the idea of the Constitution, hate the idea of rights from God because you are born, hate the idea of the Constitution, the Declaration, they hate it all because they want Marxism, socialism, and communism. That's what they want. That's what they're pushing. And these communists in America, they're mad. Sure, they're agitated. Yes. But the vast majority of Americans are content. They want more or less the same things in this country. They want secure borders. They want health care freedom. They want a, a busting economy. They want to have jobs. They want to have people not dependent on the government. They want the government to not control their lives. And they also, they, the way they live their own lives, this vast, vast majority of Americans of every race, ethnicity, national origin, and skin color, the vast majority of Americans are not racist. They don't think their neighbors are racist. They don't think they live in a deeply racist country. But you have to understand, the small number of agitators using race as a weapon have caused the American people to, some American people, to get drawn in and thinking that we have a big problem that we don't have. Racism, evil, widespread, racism throughout America, white supremacists on the uprise, big, fat lie. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. Okay, so next thing I want to talk about is Twitter. Okay, I'm having so much fun with this Twitter thing, Twitter story. Uh, so first of all, Twitter, as you know, Elon Musk is in the middle of trying to buy it. He's kind of pulled back now because there's a few little flaws in the data that he was presented. But um, I want to, uh, I, I sent several things to um, Emilio, my wonderful new producer, Mr. Emilio. Uh, he's, yeah, he's thumbs up. He's actually in there. So that's good. Um, and I want to just tell you a couple things that are happening with Twitter Number one, and this is, among, this is very much ties into the point of the first five, leftists are astonishingly capable of portraying the false image that their lunatic, dangerous ideas are far more widely believed and held than they really are. Remember the quick story about Rush Limbaugh when he was attacked on Twitter? They were trying to get uh, Florida orange juice, I think it was, to stop advertising on a show. And there was this massive Twitter attack. I mean, just all these tweets and likes and and retweets that looked like this mob. And Rush Limbaugh had the resources to pay someone to dive in and think, you know, how many, who's doing this? Who's sending these? It was 10 people. 10. Making themselves look like a mob. Such a symbol, such an analogy to the anti-American left. So... On Twitter, just think about overall on Twitter, how much Twitter sways public thought. You could go on Twitter and see if you're, especially if you're not politically savvy, you don't pay very much attention to politics. You go on Twitter and say, wow, you know, that really radical America hating leftist. He's got, you know, wow, 39,000 followers or 39 million followers, some stupid thing. And so you think, wow, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should be an anti-American leftist. Look how popular it is. If Twitter can use that platform to manipulate public thought, they will, and they apparently did. And so the way they manipulate, they make people whose views are whack job, far left lunatic, look like they're very popular, have lots of followers, lots of retweets, and it can be bots, as in non-people, bots retweeting, commenting, appearing to have their own, you know, they've got their own Twitter handle, they've got their own account, they look to be like a real person, so they can... Uh, not only through algorithms, which they also do, uh, the way they manipulate things with algorithms, But they can make things appear popular that are not. And they can make things that are very unpopular appear very popular. I mean, they can can contort things. So Twitter now has um, several things happening, which just makes a grown girl smile. Uh, One was that there's a guy uh, who, you know, this Project Veritas, which is a wonderful organization, James O'Keefe runs it. And he actually trains, he, you know, attracts, cultivates, trains people to work undercover. So he got some, I'm going to guess it was a pretty girl, uh, to have a date with somebody on Twitter. And so this guy on t- um, who is employed by Twitter, he's telling her what the inside scoop is in Twitter. Uh, and I want to have Mr. Emilio please play that that clip. I think
1: there's a difference between Twitter's definition of free speech and Elon's definition of free speech?
2: Twitter does not want free speech. What do your colleagues say about like? They hate it. Some of my colleagues are like super left, 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 left. You know, Jobs is a a capitalist. we weren't really operating like capitalists, more we were like very socialist, like we're all like communist. I basically went and worked like four hours a week last quarter, that's mm-hmm. uh, how it works in mm-hmm. company. But Twitter is like, everything, like if you're not feeling it, you can take a few days off, you can take a months off. I don't know if the two parties can truly coexist on one platform.
0: Okay, so, I mean, he's basically saying what anyone saying would have already realized Twitter is filled with, as he says, left, 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 left people. He calls them communists. I'm sorry, very sorry about the bad language. Uh, Couldn't really edit that out. But this guy who works at Twitter is telling this, I'm sure, some pretty young girl. He thinks he's got a date. He's all enthused talking to her, trying to show what an insider he is. Yeah, I got the whole scoop down. He's saying, yeah, they're all leftists. They hate free speech. So, you know, not that you needed that affirmation, but if you work for Twitter and your job is, if you're any of the content uh, deciders, content reviewers, and you're all, you know, communists, as he's saying they are. And he actually, I don't think it was in that clip, but later in that, or in that course of what he spilled the beans about, he said something to the effect of, you know, yeah, I, I wasn't that far left when I came here, but now I am, yeah, you know. He's marinating, his brain is marinating in the idiocy of far leftism inside the world of Twitter. So these people, you got to picture they're all communists, so they love Bernie Sanders, they hate Trump, they probably think Biden's, you know, has dementia but not really hurting anything, but these people decide what you, the user of Twitter, think is real. I mean, think is true. Like, you might think, for example, you know, if, I don't know, AOC has 39 million followers, I do not know the numbers, Uh, if someone can text me those numbers, that'd be great, but you know, I don't know the numbers that but you know she AOC has you know a lot of followers on Twitter, but what if it's not really the whatever it is, you know, thirty-nine million? What if it's only like, you know, two hundred thousand? Twitter can make anyone look popular, make anyone's views look popular, they can orchestrate the algorithm of retweeting things, and they are in the business of mind control. That's what they're doing. They're in the business of mind control, of shaping public opinion on topics and and, you know, when you realize how left they are, and then you realize how popular Twitter is, and not just in America, around the world, they're like this, in, in, this uh, silent, invasive virus or something invading the hearts and minds and thinking of literally, be with a boy, billions of people. Be like boy billions. They are spreading by what they choose, how they set the algorithms, by what they choose to pretend, the number of followers you have, how many bots they tolerate. So Twitter is, you know, they're in a world of hurt right now because they made this deal um, with Elon Musk pretty much because they were forced, because they had shareholders who, you know, were going to make money if they sell the business at the price that Elon Musk set for them. So you have the the Twitter happy uh, shareholders have kind of forced the Twitter, uh, the deal to happen. But it's still, you know, not happening officially. It's still moving along. Uh, And then you have uh, Elon Musk on Rumble. And Elon Musk, I mean, I got to tell you, I understand he's a left-winger on a lot of things, and I don't agree with his views. But for some reason, he still has that pure, you know, just kind of heart and soul of America idea that freedom of speech actually means that everyone gets to speak and that you have the right to hear other people's views, and that Twitter shouldn't be controlling what you think is true. Twitter has been powerful in at least a segment of the world's population, segment of America's population, convincing us all what we think is real because of likes and followers and retweets. So now, uh, Elon Musk got on Rumble. Great little interview. i quick to have you play that, Mr. Emilio. Twitter deal going to
1: get closed, do you think? What are the chances here?
2: Well, I mean, it really depends on, on, a, on a lot of factors here. Um, I'm still waiting for, uh, some sort of, uh, logical explanation for the number of sort of fake or spam accounts on Twitter, um, and Twitter is, is refusing to tell us. Uh, so, you know, this just seems like a strange thing. Um, wait, sorry, is, are they refusing to tell you or you don't think they really know? I mean, there's a good chance they may just have no idea. They claim that they do know. Yeah. And they claim that they've got this complex methodology uh, that only they can understand. Um, <laughs>
1: but the guy who landed like, two rockets simultaneously, like, so you, the
2: groove, you stir this cauldron and then you throw another <laughs> bomb, <bone>, and, um, <laughs> double, double, and, the and then suddenly it comes to you in a dream. I don't know. Um, but, but, <laughs> but th- th- there should be some, uh, you know, objective way to, uh, the, uh, thing, because this is a, this is a material public state, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a material adverse, uh, misstatement. Uh, you know, if, if, if they, in fact, uh, have been, um, vociferously claiming less than 5% of fake or spam accounts, but in fact, it is four or five times that number or perhaps 10 times that number. This is a big deal. Um, it's not, the, it, it seemed like if you said, okay, um, I'm gonna, I agree to buy your house. You say the house has less than 5% termites. That's uh, that's an acceptable number. But if it turns out it is 90% termites, that's uh, not okay, you know? It's not the same house. Um, <laughs> this house is made mostly of termites. <laughs> termites leave, <laughs> It literally, your, your house will disappear because it's mostly made of termites.
0: OK, honest to goodness, this is such a breath of fresh air. And I don't mean just because I think it's great that Elon Musk can afford to buy Twitter. But it's great to help the American people more and more wake up to what I'm saying, what many people have realized, which is America is not a 50-50 country. America is not a 50-50 country with half the people you know, yearning for the Marxists to take over, and half the people who still want freedom. Twitter had a lot of power to shape public opinion and shape the perception of what people held about the world's view. But this Twitter deal is now forcing Twitter to prove up their claim of how many people they have who are actually have Twitter accounts, are real people, prove up their claim about, don't worry, not no, no more than 5% of our accounts are bots. So there's a tweet. Elam now put up a tweet relating to the Twitter algorithm manipulation. I want to mention that, too. So basically, um, there is a... Um, Actually, it's, it's the other one, the first one before that uh, algorithm. There we go. Okay. So Elon Musk is pointing out you know, that the way Twitter, when you open Twitter, I mean, there's obviously millions of, of tweets every minute flying around the world. I don't know if that's an accurate number, but I think so. Millions of tweets. Well, what comes up on your screen? I mean, how do you? I mean, the people you follow probably, and it was a huge trending topic. He's saying, this is why I want to show you this, it's his pinned tweet in his Twitter account. Very important to fix your Twitter feed. Number one, tap home button. Number two, tap stars on the upper right of the screen. Number three, select latest tweets. You're being manipulated by the algorithm in ways you don't realize. Easy to switch back and forth to see the difference. He's just saying you can see whether when you do this, you can see whether you're seeing something manipulated or are you seeing uh, what is actually the latest tweets that you might actually want to see. The next one, now his, his next little tweet he put up, uh, uh elon musk He's just, he's just having a blast with this he's basically saying i have yet to see any analysis that has fake spam duplicate at uh at less than five percent he said he's look basically he's saying when is twitter going to be able to answer the questions so he was saying in that uh that uh, answer you watched a little video a moment ago when and how can twitter prove what percentage of their alleged massive following are real versus bots. So so his guarantee is 25%, but look at the bottom. There is some, this is not Elon Musk, but someone replying, no, this is Elon Musk replying. There is some chance it might be over 90% of daily active users, which is the metric that matters to advertisers. Very odd that the most popular tweets of all time were only liked by about 2% of daily active users. This guy is really bright and he's really bringing the light of truth to shine on Twitter and how Twitter has become, was, up until now, a vehicle of left-wing manipulation of public thought and the truth is going to be a great thing for all of us to understand. For our radio listeners, you're going to go off to a break in just about 30 seconds and I want to remind you, you're listening to America Can We Talk?, my name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is called America Can We Talk? And you can watch the show and listen online at americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. And go to that website, americacanwetalk.org, in order to sign up for our newsletter, read our past blogs, read our Why It Matters. It's great information right at that website. And most important, come back after a three-minute break for another half an hour of America Can We Talk and Debbie Georgiadis I'll talk to you right after your break. Okay, everybody else online, we're going to rock and roll forward. So I want to, um, the Twitter story, it just really captures my attention. Not just because I love seeing leftists and their lives exposed. You know, just that narrow Twitter company in their lives. I love the recognition, I think more Americans are going to come to, that we are not as deeply divided as the left tries to portray. And that much of what seemed like division was orchestrated As the left does on every issue in life, they orchestrate and manipulate public opinion, trying to get Americans to not believe in the goodness of America, trying to make Americans believe their systemic racism, institutional racism, white supremacism under every rock. We're surrounded by an evil society. All of this garbage the left has been inflicting on America uh, through our institutions and colleges and all of that it has caused people because the left is a force to be reckoned with in terms of pushing their views out it causes people who don't pay very much attention and who and and everyone feels and every sane american feels you know, concern you don't want America to be racist, or systemically racist, or institutionally racist. You don't want America to be a bad country, and you're thinking, well, gee, you know, I'm a good person, and I, I love my neighbors myself, and everyone I know loves my neighbor, loves their neighbors themselves, uh, as, as themselves. People, everyone I know, is good and moral and tries very hard never to judge based on skin color. But somehow, outside of my little circle of good people, the rest of the country must be evil. Or else, why would we be hearing all this just endless prattle out of the left about endless systemic racism arguments? Keep in mind the numbers I mentioned to you previously, and read that article on our website. That I just cited one study that that author of the article had mentioned there were other ones too. All of this talk about white supremacy on the rise, there are there, it's a it's a tiny statistical blip. I'm never saying it's OK. Racism is always bad. Racism is always evil. Whatever skin color uh, the person has who is engaged in racist conduct or behavior or words, it's always bad. The lie is, what the left is telling, is that it's a, a massive, systemic, you know, brewing, massive problem. That's the lie. And they tell the lie for a purpose, to stir up racial hatred, racial distrust, racial tension, and they, the left, steps in to support and save the oppressed. And they save the oppressed by taking more power, more of your money, more of your, your life, more of your freedom, and controlling society. This is the left-wing agenda. It has worked for them since time began. And the more we recognize it, the more we don't have to play their game anymore. Uh, you know, I want to turn to a very, very quick story. Um, we're about to get our radio listeners back. A very quick story. Welcome back to our radio listeners. This is Debbie Georgiatis at America Can We Talk. So there's a very, uh, I'm just going to a short little bit on it today. Um, And because it's it's kind of ubiquitous in the news, but there is so much conversation in this country about parents standing up to school boards. And I just, again, you know, I talked in the beginning about if your brain, if your thinking marinates in Twitter and that defines the world to you, what you read on Twitter, the numbers you read on Twitter, that's what you think is true. You know, you're you're out of touch with reality. Well, the same actually, sadly, is true in the public schools. And right now in America, you know, we have parents, really for the first time in decades, standing up and challenging critical race theory in the public schools, and challenging the transgender grooming of five-year-olds and related things that all have to do with just the oversexualization of children in the public schools. So there was a, I, I wanted to play one of those clips because. Before I do it, I will say, what this mom you're about to see is doing, this is happening all over the country. This is parents trying to bring to the attention of the school boards what their own children are being assigned to read and memorize. In the case, we're about to hear, and perform. Just, I mean, it's pornographic. And so pornographic that when the parent tries to read it out loud at the school board... They are shut down. And eventually, you see in this case, the the mom's microphone was cut off. They cut the power to her microphone. And what she's reading is a homework her 15-year-old daughter was assigned. Let's play that mom at a school board.
1: Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class i don't love you it's not you it's just i don't like your dick or any dick in that case i cheated joe i'm sorry this is propaganda excuse, me. Excuse, mass- me. excuse me i i don't thank you so much for your Thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. Wh- I have that. That's relevant. I should. okay. The teacher this, this, required my daughter to read, memorize this, and read this pornographic material. Uh, excuse me. Please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so please continue your public comment. Your your time is. You've got one one minute and 19 seconds. Um, I ask you simply, this is a public meeting, I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking Dr. Jara. Thank you so much. Dr. Jara. If you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material and um, and <clears throat> memorize it and portray
2: Madam President, Thanks, members of the board stats on this. Um, we can have the region Superintendent speak
0: Okay, what that mom's complaining about, she is reading out loud the homework her 15-year-old daughter was given, homework she brought home was supposed to read it, memorize it, perform it in front of the class. It's so disgusting that the school board won't let her talk, won't even let her read it out loud. And that other idiot parent interfering is trying to, you know, spout off about whatever she wanted to say, but the point I'm getting is, and I know you've heard these things before, but it, this is not just about cleaning out pornography from the public schools. I mean, that that is a really good idea, a great thing to do. I'm glad that mom did that. But I want you, first of all, to ask, what is wrong with that school board? A- America, is, you know, in some places, is so far gone that people who run for school board think it's their job to listen to this mom talking about Grotesque pornography. Her child was forced to uh, read, memorize, and perform at age 15. And the school board thinks it's their job to shut down the mother for complaining and to turn off her microphone. You can't say that. This This is a professional meeting. You can't say that. So the mom is making the point, well, if I can't say it here, why is it okay for homework? I mean, I will tell you, I don't think it's that long ago in America, you would have a school board who would say, oh, my gosh, what teacher assigned that? What school is your child at? Who's the teacher? We'll look into that. We're so sorry for your discomfort. We could not agree more. I mean, this is this is what I'm saying the school board should have said. This is 90% of America has that reaction. 90% easily listens to this mom and says, you know what the school board should have done? They should have said, man, we are just mortified and, and we're very sorry and we're going to check into this and we're going to find out who this teacher is. We're going to try to get her terminated, him or her terminated. I mean, This would be the normal American reaction. So when I say leftism, the long march through the institutions and the way leftists work to penetrate America, part of what they penetrate isn't just academia at the college level. It is every level of American government. That's why George Soros is now pushing and pushing and pushing, getting in district attorneys, I mean, people who make decisions about who should be prosecuted, secretaries of state, who decides what's fair in elections. I mean, the the left. I mean, Soros is kind of a good figurehead of representing the left, I mean, representing what the left is trying to do. But he's not the only one. There are leftist communists in this country who are very much behind pushing the leftist agenda. And part of the reason the left pushes this agenda in public schools of perversion and pornography and luring kindergartners into thinking they're transgender. It all has to do with cutting away at the fabric of America. It all has to do with the idea of destroying the concept of the nuclear family, the concept of and in America, the concept of this Judeo-Christian society where family is the norm, is the basic structural unit of life, of society. It's the basic structural unit. And so if you can discredit parents, embarrass them, carve them out, get the kids in school, get those kids uh, thinking the way you want them to think, carving the parents out. I mean, it's a grooming operation. And on the subject of a grooming operation, I want to tell you this this story that came out of um, Arizona. So there's a high school counselor, a woman, who worked very hard in this high school in Arizona to organize and bring to the campus a drag show. A drag show. So... You know, this is the kind of stuff that, obviously, people have heard of it before, been around for decades or centuries, I don't know. But most people, for most of American history, would say, well, you know, yeah, there's, you know, low-life entertainment, people who actually, they they need help. They're not mentally well. Men who want to dress up as women and pretend they're women and prance around and and pretend they're women. I mean, it's a free country. You can do that because you're an adult. But most Americans used to say, you know what, that, that's, I mean, I'm sorry for them. I'm sorry they're so mentally challenged that they would think this is normal. They clearly have issues. They probably need help. But the idea that you bring that into public school as entertainment, as entertainment uh, for children, uh, even that, I, was, I mean, that it was like a, I don't even know the numbers, but there, there, there's a minute portion of America who probably would have said that's okay. But now, as the left pushes against every cultural norm, every belief we've ever held onto, they've managed to get people in the public schools to entertain with and be entertained by uh, drag queens telling stories, reading books. Before I tell you the story about Arizona, I want to ask you, um, Mr. Emilio, uh, there's one last drag queen story hour at a public school. And I want to just put first that uh, this is a drag queen story hour. Uh, picture. Uh, actually, is the picture above it? Uh, yeah, okay, there they are. So this picture, this is Drag Queen Story Hour um, at a public school. Um, and then this, these are middle school students in New York. It's a middle school, so you, you know, the age of middle school, whatever, 6th, 7th, 8th, or 7th, 8th, and ninth grades when you know, heaven knows, it's hard enough to even get through those years with your head on straight. But this is what some public school their tax dollars at work is doing, bringing a drag queen uh, to, um, to work with the kids on reading. And now the second, uh, li- the little words below it, uh, drag queen story, our New York City. woohoo! Last week, we launched our new Reading with Royalty. Oh, isn't that so cute? Reading with Royalty middle school program at um, IS Independent School 93 in Ridgewood, Queens. So Queens, New York. You send your kids to public school, and they bring in a drag queen story our person. Thanks, Bella Noche, and blah, 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 for a wonderful discussion. Anyway, I'm getting at the point, again, back to what we are as America. The vast majority of Americans do not want this happening. What is so refreshing about the parents showing up at school board meetings, the parents showing up and, and protesting, saying we're not having drag queen story hour, we're not having critical race theory, we're not having LGBTQ transgender advocacy for young children. This is, this is where the vast majority of Americans is. The vast majority don't want anything to do with this. But this leftist cabal that has worked so hard to take down America, they have a lot of people in a lot of positions of influence making that decision, those decisions. So the woke Arizona high school, I just want to quickly tell you her story, woke Arizona high school counselor who worked to get a, a um, drag queen uh, show at the school. So bringing in men who are so confused that they want to dress as women. So they clearly, I'm sorry, I am very sorry for anyone who actually thinks that's their natural yearning. A a man, a male, who feels, just can't wait to dress up as a girl, clearly already problematic. And then the school adults reward and and, um, legitimize by bringing this entertainment into the public school. Well, there's one teacher, former Arizona high school counselor, Previously helped students organize a drag show, was arrested and accused of having sex with a 15-year-old girl. This is a Tucson arrest, a child sexual assault unit. Um, and the teacher is a 29-year-old woman, Zabella Brazil Vinick, uh, and she's accused of having sexual relations with a 15 year old. And I'm raising this to say we've come, the left has come so far in trying to alter American society alter how we think about things that many people, I mean, you might have been 10 years ago, many parents saying, we're not having drag queen story hour in public school. No way. We have, we can have story hour. You can have authors coming in. You can have teachers reading. We don't need men prance, dressed as women, prancing around as women and, and doing story hour. But what happens, it's the same effect on Twitter. What happens as the leftists who would indulge this garbage continue to be active, continue to be agitators. Some parents are like, well, maybe it's not so bad, you know, opening my kids' eyes, I don't know. And so the people who formerly would have felt very comfortable saying, no, no, they're not sure what to do. They are swayed by, they're swayed by the press of the school officials, administrators, teachers, counselors saying, hey, this is really cool. And, you know, we're trying to expand their minds, and come on, this is 2022, and all these things, you know, it's really cool. So you have that cultural press on the mindset of people, and the few parents, fewer and fewer parents who protest, are are feeling a little bit like bullied into silence. They're not sure they should speak up, because, of course, the left-wing mob... The moment you were to say, I don't think it's really appropriate to have drag queens uh, reading stories, my little child, or even my child in middle, middle school, you know the left-wing mob will be ready with attack like you cannot believe, attack like you cannot believe, and calling you intolerant and homophobic and whatever other, the latest insult of the day coming out of the left. So people don't speak up. Or I should say, they didn't speak up. What is happening now is I think the American people are waking up enough and realizing... You know what? Uh, we're, we're just not putting up with this on this subject. Uh, there's also on this just endless gender confusion garbage. Fairfax, Virginia, which by the way used to be fairly conservative. I went to law school in Washington D.C. and we, my, we, my husband and I and our young kids uh, lived there years ago in Washington D.C. Fairfax was, you know pretty conservative, but this left wing just—it's like this tornado. This left wing. Uh, ideological attack on America is like a tornado blowing through the country, you know, and 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 also like a snake slithering its way into all sorts of institutions, spreading left-wing just garbage. And so, in Fairfax, Virginia, they're considering considering expelling some elementary school students for misgendering people, like they didn't say the right word, like the person said, "I am a." you know, tur, whatever the term is, and these kids go, no, you're not, you're Tommy, you're a guy, you know, you're Susie, you're a girl. And so these middle, these literally elementary age students, elementary students may be expelled from misgendering people. But I'll tell you what, here's, here's one little proof of what I'm saying, regardless of how widespread this is and how much people try to exalt it and pretend it's normal, the vast majority of Americans know it's not normal, it's not healthy, it's not good. We're not heading in a good direction as we try to lure our children into more and more sexual, immerse them in sexual perversion, spread sexual perversion, spread the idea that, you know, you don't really, your gender may be just, you know, whatever you choose it to be today. I mean, today, you know, you might be a girl and tomorrow you might decide you're a boy and whatever you want to be, you are. No connection to reality. A teacher teaching that really needs their head examined. They actually need psychiatric counseling because it's not true. It's not true. We have, right here in Texas, actually, we have schools, and other places in America too, schools where kids can identify as cats. I'm not kidding. You can come to school. I. You might have thought I was a girl. Yesterday I was a girl. I'd say I'm a cat. And the schools are putting litter boxes in the girls' rooms. Or maybe boys' rooms too, to accommodate people who say they're cats. Instead of a little reality therapy, which is what America needs, is a lot of reality therapy. It just says that's not what you are, and, and we're not doing you any good at all in playing along with your pretend. And part proof of what I'm telling you is, is a vast majority view of America is how much money Disney has lost. I mean, Disney went down this crazy path in Florida of fighting the governor and the elected people in the legislature, the House and Senate, who passed a law, basically said, we're not going to uh, lure young children from kindergarten into third grade with LGBTQ agenda. We're not talking about sexuality. We're not talking about gender identity. We're going to let these young Babies, be children, be young babies, be children. They should have said it all the way through high school. So with the proof of that it was how much Disney has lost. Uh, this story was actually from um, April 23rd, uh, recounting Disney has lost $34 be as in boy, billion in value. Uh, earlier today, a colleague of mine said, no, I think it's more like 50, 50." It's a reality check. The fact that Disney's losing money is a reality check on what the left is claiming. America doesn't want this garbage. They don't like what the left is doing. And they want to strike out. And the best way you can is with your pocketbook, not go to Disney. And, and, and not subscribe to the Disney channels. Pull your money back. It's the best signal ever sent. Okay. Hey, one more story today, uh, just a very brief one. There's an election today uh, going on. So it's a little bit late to be commenting on it, But it's an election uh, in the state of Pennsylvania for Senate. And um, all I want to say, this is the most interesting race and, and, you know, back to my point about not being lured in by Twitter to shape what you think, but using your own judgment. Think for yourself. Trust your instincts. If you see some whack job leftist has, you know, uh, and puts crazy ideas out there and Twitter saying, oh, retweeted millions of times, it might not be true, actually. Americans don't like the ideas of the left. They don't like what the left stands for. So... In the same way that in every other context, you teach your children about and your grandchildren about their identity, their God-given identity, that they're a little boy, the little girl, they're going to grow up to be a man or a woman. I mean, this is reality. And to help your kids understand that so clearly, so when they get to the schools that are bringing in drag queens and bringing in the LGBTQ transgender advocacy program, which is really what it is, is transgender advocacy program, you know, you hope more and more kids are are, steeped in the truth and and won't get lured in by it. And it applies in politics, too. That concept there's nothing to replace using your own judgment and thinking for yourself. So in the great state of Pennsylvania, there's a Senate race, and it's today. And there are three candidates in the race, and you've been hearing all about this. I haven't said much about Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz. Uh, He's you know, he's the, uh, this is a Republican uh, primary for Senate. And so Mehmet Oz um, is one candidate and he's the one that President Trump has endorsed. Uh, this David McCormick, uh, another Republican, widely viewed to be a massive rhino, just a, you know, just a kind of, the kind of candidate and elected official who got us into the mess for in America because they never stand up for anything. And then this woman named Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett is a black American woman, very pretty. And um, this has been the most interesting race to watch. I mean, Trump usually, when President Trump endorses, very successful, you know, he's been very successful in, uh, in in choosing the winner or cultivating the winner, making a person a winner, whatever you say, he's been very, very successful. But a lot of MAGA conservatives are looking at this race and saying, what in the world was Trump thinking? What was he thinking? Now, I know Oz has, you know, many things that maybe Trump thinks he's, really the most famous, most well-known, maybe has most likely chance to prevail in the fall and the actual election, you know, to be able to beat the Democrat. But Dr. Oz is a, I mean, he's, he's kind of a leftist. I mean, he's very questionable whether his, d- the degree of his loyalty to Turkey, the country of Turkey, he's met with Erdogan, who is uh, not a saint by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he's pro-abortion, uh, he is pro-transgender rights, Um, He denies there was election fraud, or that there was at least outcome-changing election fraud. I mean, this is like a a Democrat resume items. These are Democrat resume items, and these are Mehmet Oz, the one that President Trump endorsed. Now, as I say, Trump is, you know, not stupid. He may have just looked at a bunch of polling and numbers and thought the only way to get this Senate seat to be won by a Republican is the guy with the most name recognition. I don't know if all went into his thinking, but I want to say a few words about Kathy Barnett. This is a black woman. Who was, and I I, I cringe to say this, I I debated playing the video and we're not going to play it, but this is a woman whose mother was a victim of rape and the mother gave birth to Kathy Barnett at age 12. She was raped at age 11, gave birth at age 12. A monumentally brave decision on the part of this 12-year-old girl to give birth to Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett, obviously, you know, that's a huge, huge um, challenging background. Kathy Barnett, happily married, uh, got two kids, you know, really, I mean, she is hitting all the buttons all on all cylinders. She's hitting what the um, what Republicans say they want. I mean, uh, pretty much on all cylinders. She's just right there saying it. And so I just think, you know, I, I want to. I know President Trump means well, and I'm I'm so grateful for him. He he literally saved America by winning the 2016 election. He literally saved it from what Obama and team had planned, which was to take us over the cliff to communism, and we were going to be in huge trouble if we had Hillary for eight years after Obama for eight years. So Trump, I mean, he's a boulder in the road stopping the socialists. Don't agree with all his endorsements. This Kathy Barnett, I mean, she's she's just very impressive. She's very genuine. Uh, and the idea of having a black Republican woman in the U.S. Senate, pretty huge. I like that. I saw she was criticized for having, apparently, she was uh, caught in some pictures or uh, film uh, in Washington on January 6th. Not inside the Capitol, but making her way toward the Capitol. And I don't know even know if that's true. But I want to say, if it is true, she ought to say, yeah. Darn straight I did because the election was stolen. Where was Memet Oz? I mean, she ought to go on the on the offense. Now today is the election, so it's you know unless they have a runoff, which is also possible, I guess. But no, but um, she is really, really uh, she's kind of living the life you want a real conservative to do. She's actually speaking up, um, and so I and and. On the strong issues, on the tough issues, so I just want to say a shout out to her. I don't know how it'll come out, uh, but she's really quite a rock star. May have a future. uh, And and the other, I mean, I I have a really hard time with anyone who holds the views Mehmet Oz um, holds. Anyway, I'm going to do the last couple minutes. Tell you about a couple really great things. I believe we have now confirmed every speaker we have for the October 15th summit in this fall. I am telling you. If you haven't marked your calendar, please do. October 15th, we have our third annual Women for Freedom Summit. I have gotten an amazing lineup of very, not just you know well-known thought leaders, very very famous people, but committed, hard, good thinking, serious thinkers talking about the most important issues facing America. So mark your calendar. And also, if you're listening on radio, this is Debbie Georgiatis at America Can We Talk. Check out our website, americacanwetalk.org. In the final closing uh, seconds here, I want to urge you to go to our website and number one, hit subscribe. Subscribe to our once weekly newsletter. It's free. It goes once a week and it links you to everything we're doing. I never share that list. Consider making a donation to support this show. You can join for $50 a year. You make a bigger donation, which I would deeply appreciate, but you can support this show and help me stay on air. So for radio listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And come back tomorrow, Wednesday, we have Professor David Clement joining us on the talking about the New Mexico audit. And come back every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. For everybody else, I tell you at the close of every show why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start with Casablanca exposes insidious leftist plot. Um, I tell you, I am on a Casablanca kick, peep- uh, people, so you may be hearing more about that movie. It was just a fabulous movie. Anyway, America was understood in 1943, the year of Casablanca release, as the beacon of freedom. Nearly 80 years later... It still is. America is. And can be even better. The leftist portrayal of America as a cesspool of systemic racism and hate and bigotry is a product of willful propaganda and thought manipulation for decades by leftists. Imperative for Americans to trust their American instincts and reject leftist narratives, Elon Musk is starting to show the extent of leftist manipulation and we had Twitter exposed, Elon, and Veritas. Project Veritas captures a Twitter engineer describing Twitter employees as commie, communists as, as F. Elon Musk repeatedly speaking publicly of doubts of Twitter's daily active user base, now openly questioning whether fake accounts may be over 90% of numbers reported by Twitter. Wouldn't that change the world? If Musk's doubts are proven justified, Twitter may be one of the biggest frauds ever ever reports of what is trending on twitter reports of how many followers for leftists all now appear to be completely bogus as a measure of actual american opinion americans must trust their american instincts twitter opinion is not real opinion think for yourself curate your own news and information and a public school perversion parade nevada-based mom tries to read to the school board a public school assignment given to her 15-year-old daughter, and the school board cut off her mic because it was offensive porn. Americans must trust their American instincts. The Nevada episode is not okay, and it's not the only one. The mom is not the problem. The school board is the problem. The only right school board action is to apologize to the mom and all parents, investigate the assignment, and take remedial and disciplinary action where needed, and more moms need to run for school board. And Barnett versus Oz, Trump, and the Uniparty. Pennsylvania GOP primary for U.S. Senate features heavy political infighting. Trump and Doris Mehmet Oz, Rhino favorite David McCormick, and MAGA favorite Kathy Barnett. Oz is nowhere close to conservative or MAGA. McCormick is a hedge fund guy backed by McConnell. That should be all you need to know. And Barnett, a spectacular personal life story with the subject of hit pieces from Hannity... I meant to mention Hannity and other rhinos. Polls claim a dead heat between Oz and Barnett. Americans must trust their instincts. A Trump endorsement is not infallible. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America, because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. I
2: could crash can you hear us now? America, can we talk? Truth about America.